Hey, friend, what are you up to? I'm listening to some of my favorite podcasts. Ooh, did you know that you can financially support podcasts? No, Coco, how do I do that? Well, in every episode description, there's a link, and it takes you to a page where you can financially support your favorite artists. That way, they can continue making the episodes that you love. Wow, that really excites me and makes me want to listen to them even more. Doesn't it? Hey friend, how are you feeling today? Oh Coco, I'm feeling anxious, really anxious, uh, feeling excited. My head kind of hurts. I don't really even know why that hurts. I mean, it's not that I used my head at all today. Um, my corn pad is slipping because I put it on my toe after I banged into a piece of furniture, because that's the worst. I hear that banging your toe against the chair is probably worse than being punched in the face. You know, and I'm having such an itch right now. I don't know what the problem is. You know, and no one online on Doc MV or any You're listening to How You Feeling with Coco and Friends. I'm here. Hashtag biscuits and gravy. Okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, so what do we have to talk about today? So I wanted to tell you what happened um, recently at a wedding I was shooting at. Mm. Uh, Can I drink? Can I drink while you're talking? Because I'm having some limonade. Absolutely. We encourage drinking. All right. Um, So this wasn't my client. It was um, my friend's client whom we, her and I, we often help one another on, on shoots. So the wedding venue was at a golf and country club. Um, beautiful setting. The specific area where the ceremony was going to happen was on this like cobbly stone platformy area. Um, it was really nice. However, the actual quote-unquote stage where where the, the, the couple and the wedding party were, were going to be standing was very small. Now, on both sides of the bride and the groom, there were five um, uh, wedding, so there were f- five bridesmaids and five, five groomsmen. So it's, it was a very tight area, right? Mm. Now, as as photographers, we try to be as stealthy as possible uh, so that we're not getting in each other's shots. And also, you know, we want to make sure that everyone who's attending the wedding is enjoying it as well. Um, But we also have to keep in mind that we are hired specifically for one purpose and one purpose only, Mm -hmm. and that's to capture all the details, everything that's happening. And um, oftentimes it's the bride and the groom that's paying for at least that part of the, the, the wedding. I'm sure, you know, parents are helping with, with a lot of the, the, the financial aspect of it as well. So I was kind of in front of 
everything that was happening while mm-hmm. while um I'm not going to say who it was because I, I want to make sure that you know her client doesn't get you know offended if by somehow if they happen to hear this um I needed to position myself in order to see the the exchanging of the rings and then to capture the kiss now no no amount of zoom lens is going to um help at times like I have a zoom lens but sometimes you still need to be in the right position the right angle and anytime I tried to step away from being in front of the crowd I was blocked by the bride the the bridal party because I just couldn't see what was happening so I was standing um pretty much kind of in front of the the couple and all of a sudden I heard someone behind me uh say excuse me can you move please and at first I was like did someone really say that to me (laughs) So, oh my they, God. so they said it again and I turned around and I said, I'm sorry, I need to capture, you know, what's going on. Like I politely said that. Mm-hmm. And then she said, I know, but that's my daughter and I would like to see this. And I'm just like, okay. You know, I, I was really annoyed in that moment. Mm-hmm. Really, really annoyed because yes, it's your daughter. And of course, you should be watching all of this. You should be able to witness all of this. But like I said, I'm there for a purpose. If mm-hmm. I if I don't get the kiss, if I don't get any of these things, your daughter is going to be upset. Mm. So yeah, I was really annoyed. And um, but that but but then I I thought about how I reacted as well instead of saying oh, I apologize, let me get out of the way, whatever. I said, I have to get these shots, like, as if I didn't care about her, the mother. Right, right. So later on after the ceremony, I, the whole thing just wasn't sitting right with me. So after, after the uh, families, uh, family portraits and whatnot, I happened to see the mother of the bride just kind of standing off to the side uh, and she wasn't talking with anyone at the moment. And I went up to her and I said, listen, I wanted to apologize. I didn't mean for, for any kind of, you know, um, uh, situation. I, I, and I, I told her, I said, I needed to get the photographs for your daughter. That's the only reason why. And she's like, Oh, don't worry about it. Blah, blah, blah. But it was just like, how can you say that to someone? Yeah. You know, and it just made me think about, uh, you know, how many times people if if it's happened before where where like i get it you want to see what what's happening but at the end of the day and i don't say this because i am a photographer but at the end of the day the only thing you have left after the wedding are the pictures that's why that's why people are always so stressed when it comes to making sure we get all of these shots Mm -hmm. and it's so funny because a lot of times the 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 couple specifically the bride will will send this like long list of detailed shots that they want us to capture and i i can guarantee you like 90 percent of the things that they put on the list are things that we're going to do anyway like we we know what we need to capture if there's something specific you know more like you want so and so in these shots or whatever it is then yes you tell us but 
I, I, I don't think people understand how important it is, you know, for us to capture these moments and we try to be as as invisible as possible but in situations like this when the where the setting is just incredibly awkward in terms of viewing i'm gonna be standing in front of people unfortunately and you know yeah i mean you know i think listen it sounds really cruel but it comes down to one thing and one thing only people who are not creative people Mm. and who don't understand creativity don't deserve any of it they don't deserve any of it they don't deserve music they don't deserve photography they don't deserve any of that in their life and i think there's such an utter disrespect especially in a society that we're in that we understand there's platforms that exist on social media that solely rely on photography Mm -hmm. solely rely on imagery like there's just such a level yeah. Of understanding when you were telling that story what it reminded me of was i did a party once as a bartender yeah and the woman had a party for her kids and i you know she's she's the person who hired me yeah right? yeah and she's drinking quite a bit this party and after i got to see the family she had, I understood. Mm. And so she's drinking and I'm basically instructed as the person she hired to make sure her beverage is never empty. No, like she, she has her glass and she sets it down at the bar and I'm not asking any questions. I know I have to make her another drink. Good Lord. So, um, Anyway, as the day goes on, her mother comes to me and she is a interesting woman. <laughs> interesting is such a loaded word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, just put it this way. She just reminded me of like a large fortune teller. All right. Say no more. Hashtag friction. Yep. So she comes up to the, the bar and she says, I need you to do me a favor. And I said, what's that? What would you like to drink? She goes, no, you need to stop serving my daughter. Uh Oh, and at this point, her daughter had been on, she hadn't been on like 50 drinks. When I say she put her, her glass on the bar and wanted it refilled this was probably once an hour okay okay this wasn't like every 10 minutes she was coming up and like you know shot glass glassing it right did she get wasted by the end of the night yes absolutely mm. but she was probably on like her third drink and she wasn't drinking anything crazy either so her mother was like, oh, you need to stop serving her. And I said, I'm sorry, I can't do that. Because she, her, her daughter and her son-in-law hired me. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm going to tell the woman who hired me, no, I can't serve you anymore. The woman paid for the booze. Yeah, but you bring up kind of like an ethical dilemma as well. Sure. In your, in your situation. Because it, it, there is a level of responsibility or there should be a level of responsibility when it comes to the bartender 
Yeah, but you're jumping ahead. Okay. Because you're answering, you're ask, you're you're bringing up a statement that does not get brought up to a bartender until I visibly see someone who should stop drinking. Okay. This woman at this point, once again, mm. had three drinks in three hours. And anyone listening is like, that ain't shit. Because you go to a party and most times, me included, I'm at least two drinks in every hour. Yeah, like that's kind of unusual to be just nursing a drink for an hour. But she was not just nursing. She was the host of the party. So she probably wasn't really taking the time to take the break and really have the drink. Mm. She probably was walking around, hugging and kissing people, collecting gifts as guests were walking in, people she hadn't seen in a while. So the mother, my point is, the mother comes and tells me, no, I'm not going to cut her off. Have I cut people off in the past as a bartender? Absolutely. Yeah. But this woman was not in a place where she should have gotten cut off. Now, by the end of the night, because she was a lightweight, she was wasted because she didn't eat. Mm. Because she had been running around all day. But my point is, is that imagine that awkward situation of someone coming. And here's rule number one for any bartender when we talk about ethical. Mm. Number one rule is nobody tells me when to stop serving someone. That's when I make the decision. Because Mm -hmm. there's people who come up to you and say, stop serving such and such. You can cause a serious conflict. You can be a part of a conflict that you don't need to be a part of. Yeah. So it's my job to say no. Mm. Sorry. And listen, I got to tell you something right now. It's not my job not to serve someone because someone tells me they're an alcoholic. Yeah. If you're of legal age and you're drinking, it's not the bartender's job to be like, oh, your friend told me you're an alcoholic. I can't give you a drink. Yeah. You just can't do that. You can't because my responsibility ends, you know, I'm here to do a job. Yeah. And And quite frankly, ethics aside, you can get fired from doing from doing a bartending job and starting to like take people's opinions that come around you. No, for sure. I have another story about bartending, which was a similar story, but you can see the difference in how I was in control of this. There was a woman who kept ordering these ratchet cranberry vodkas (laughs) remember remember just a side comment remember when we were younger and that was like the sophisticated drink that we would get (laughs) of course and for all of you at home just a learning note that the proper name of that beverage is a cape cod Mm. okay so anyway long story short this woman comes up she's like probably in her 50s white skinny jeans you know it's the summer She's like, you know, a fading model from 1970. <laughs> yeah. And she comes up and she orders a drink. Yeah. And now you talk about a lightweight. Oh, shit. The second time she came up and ordered it, she was already feeling a little loopy, but she wasn't totally messed up. So I made her another one. Mm. So when she came up again, and I don't even, I couldn't even tell you the amount of time spent between the drinks. Mm. But the third time she came up, she ordered another drink. And by this point, she was already like, she couldn't walk in her heels. Yeah. Okay. So she was probably on like 
her fifth or sixth drink. And a woman, her friend comes over and goes, can you do me a favor? Can you stop serving her? Because she's on her sixth or seventh drink. I said, no, she's actually on two drinks. She Mm. goes, what do you mean? I said, I've been giving her cranberry juice this whole time. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because she literally was sloppy. Like after her second drink, she was leaning over the bar. She was putting her hands in the straws that I had to throw out. Shit. She was slurring and she was grabbing people at the bar. Like she was a mess. And it wasn't my responsibility to pay security. But let me tell you what I did do. I gave that woman some ice and cranberry juice. Nice. And she was drink. Her friend was like, "Oh, she's been drinking so much. I must have counted six or seven. I said, "Nope, she only had two. Yeah. I said she had two real drinks. I said all the rest have just been ice and cranberry juice, and she's been enjoying it. <laughs> Damn, because it was a placebo. Exactly. You know, exactly. and she probably is such a lightweight that she probably woke up with a with a hangover after having those two drinks because she also wasn't eating. Yeah, that's I even offered her some water, you know, but that was one of those situations where you do take it in your own hands. But when you're being asked by someone to yeah. stop serving someone and there's nothing about their behavior that's inappropriate. Yeah, but it just made me like think about the whole, you know, going back to the whole wedding thing, like what do you say in those situations or what can you say? And I, I mean, I'd love to hear from other photographers if they've ever encountered something like that you know i think it's your personality i think personally i think it all depends on the photographer i think if i was a photographer i probably would have gotten aggressive with the person and said hey listen i'm just here to do my job and if it really took took it that far i would end up in the bride and groom's conversation like hey i got someone who's telling me to get out of their way because they you know xyz yeah and I'm trying to do a job. I want to get the best photos as possible for the two of you. Yeah. Period. That's what it is. That's what it is. Like, and honestly, like, even if, let's say in this scenario, what, even if the parents were the ones who were paying for it all, for example. Right. Wouldn't they still want to have those images to be perfect as yeah, well? But they're not thinking that. Those old school people, they're not thinking about that. Clearly. They're not. And they don't know what goes into it. And if you've never done anything creative or been in production or done photographs or filmed something or created a piece of music or you, you, you've ever write something in your life, you don't know what goes into it. Yeah. People don't. They don't know because it's not. Exp- Listen, as much information is available right now that's out there. Yeah. There's probably, a you know. At least on Netflix alone, there's probably a hundred thousand documentaries that talk about the entertainment industry in one facet or another, and they show you the behind the scenes of what is necessary to, to do something. Oh yeah, like okay? as much like as much as it's a stressful day for the for the couple and the families and all of that, make sure that it, everything turns out well and whatnot. It is so much more incredibly stressful for the photographer because there can't there are no do overs. You know, you can't be like, oh, I'm sorry. Can you do that again? I didn't catch that. Yeah. It's not like making a movie either where you can bring them in next week for some reshoots. Exactly. So it's like, my goodness. I I was just, I was really, really annoyed. And if I was a different person, I would have been ruder. 
in my response. Well, yeah. And that's for me, I think, you know, you know, my follow up to my, my story about okay. telling the mom who told me to stop serving her daughter. Yeah. I went and got her husband, the, the, the person who hired me. Yeah. She and her husband hired me. So I went and got her husband and I told him what she told me. And he said, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. Okay. Well, there you go. And then it was like out of my hands because I was basically like, hey, I'm not tattling on anyone. I just, this is what she said. And he goes, yeah, that's not going to fly. Yeah. He basically was like, that's not going to fly because she doesn't like to see her kids drink. And it's her own thing. Mm. And these people are adults. They're grown ass people in their 40s. Exactly. Come on now. Like, you know, if her mother wasn't there, she would have been drinking just the same. Exactly. She probably just drank more because the mother was there. <laughs> you know, you know who her mother looked like? Who? Her mother looked like Lainey Kazan. Why does that name sound familiar? Yeah, you should look her up right now. I don't want to. Mess- she was in Big Fat Greek Wedding. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's she always plays kind of like the same character. She's been on Broadway for years. Like, yeah. you know, I'm sure she was on Seinfeld. <laughs> oh my god! You know, um, so, yeah. But I mean, that's the thing about being a creative person, and I often say this, and it sounds like pure cruelty, but people who don't understand creativity are not creative. They don't deserve it. Mm. They don't deserve music. They don't deserve art. They don't deserve any of that in their life because they don't appreciate it. They don't know what goes into it. Yeah. It's always, it's always a breath of fresh air when you have that one couple who, who truly like, who really do appreciate the, the, what we do. And, they make it a point at, before the ceremony to make an announcement. Like usually the officiant would be the one who makes the announcement where they say, um, no, uh, please put away your phones. No photography. There are photographers here hired specifically to capture these shots. Please let them do their work. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I love that. And like those, those occasions where I have consultations with, with clients and we talk about that, it's, you know, I don't even have to bring that up that they oftentimes they already are uh, have it in mind to make that uh, a priority and an announcement during mm-hmm. the cer- or right before the ceremony. And those are the, the individuals that I know um, uh, really appreciate the what goes into capturing the day and the 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 art of it as well. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's interesting because I guess this is, you know, I'm famous on the show for segues. Uh oh. <laughs> so we talk about artists. Yeah. We talk about artistry. And I, I'm going to use this example because I don't want to start out on a light note. I want to start on a really specific point mm. so people can understand the severity of my point yes so i'm recently watching and i know you already saw it yeah because you saw it before me but i had finished watching recently the last couple of weeks the bill cosby documentary yes Yes. the let's talk about cosby it's called it's on netflix something something like that yeah on something and it's really it's done really well in my opinion it's it's really interesting and there is a uh, clip in this documentary that cuts to Steve Colbert 
yeah. Steve, sorry, Stephen Colbert, because I was corrected by someone recently. I'm like, shut up. He lives in town. Everybody calls him Steve. <laughs> so he was Stephen Colbert. Shut up. But <laughs> anyway, so Stephen Colbert has a show and he has Jerry Seinfeld as the guest. Yeah. And the clip that they showed was they were specifically talking about Cosby. Okay. And Steve Colbert and Jerry Seinfeld are saying how great Bill Cosby's albums were back in the day, like the records and his stand-up and how you could listen to it over and over and watch the shows over and over. And Steve Colbert goes, yeah, I just, I can't separate it anymore. I just can't. And Jerry Seinfeld goes, what? What are you talking about? You can't? Mm. Why? And Steve Colbert is like, I'm sorry, I just can't separate it. I just can't watch it the same way. Yeah, it's, I, I think it, like, for me, and I can only, I can only speak from, for myself, it's, depending on what the offense is that has been, you know, that has blemished the celebrity, um, that's, that usually determines whether or not I could separate, mm-hmm. you know, um, because Cosby is one of, and Cosby is one of them. Like I used to, as a kid, love watching the Cosby show and there's, there's no way that I could, I could watch it now knowing what he did back then. Yeah. Because it was happening while he was doing that show. Yeah. And for me, I know so much about what was happening based on what I've read in the documentary that the episodes that even have those women in them. Yeah. You can't watch it. Yeah. It's, it's too much. It really is. You know, but what about this? Let me give you one. Yeah. Along the same line, but not. What about um, Louis C.K.? Um, well, okay. So Louis C.K. is not someone that I, yeah, I've watched a couple of his stand up, you know, shows and whatnot. And yeah, I thought he was very funny. Um, but it's, it's, he's not someone that I would, uh, if, if there was a show of his, I, I would seek it out and watch it. So, like, to me, it doesn't matter. But I think it would be the same because he was a predator, just like Cosby. Huh. Okay. Yeah. I I think with him, it's not just his stand-up. He does a lot of producing. And he does a lot of writing. And his name is on a lot of things. Yeah. And like if you wanna if you wanna go even broader, Harvey yeah. Weinstein. Yeah. So his finger has like he's touched a lot, like I bet. <laughs> Uh, meta, meta, metaphorically and <laughs> realistically <laughs> Real, yeah, exactly um, so it's like do you then stop watching all of his movies that he's pr- produced well no but it's hard yeah it's hard to make that kind of call exactly you know because I don't know and and, and I don't even put Louis C.K. in the same category as Cosby and Harvey Weinstein. I just mm-hmm. don't put them in the same category. Yeah. Um, 
I just, you know, and I'm not saying like one crime is better than the other and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You know, I don't even know what I think about Louis C.K. I don't even feel like I can have a conversation about it because I just feel like I don't know enough about it. Yeah. You know, I just know what I was told by yeah. people, people that I know too, like people who have worked with him. Like, because I know, I know women in comedy who yeah. are not who are not famous by any means but I had worked with them. Yeah. And they told me stories. And there were women who told me stories that said he was absolutely right to them. Mm. Like I I know women who've told me stories that were like it's not that they don't believe those women but they just were like from my own personal experience they were like that's not what I had with him. Well, going back to the whole Cosby documentary, didn't Felisa Rashad like completely believe Cosby of course she did and then after he was let off on those those when they had said that the case was falsified or whatever and he was released she basically said it's about time or something like that yeah something like that and then she lost her job yeah she lost her job because she was the dean of the arts or the dean of theater at um, a prestigious black college Mm. and the women there weren't having it no the young women who were going to school there were not having it yeah i like i've talked about i mean this is obviously a far less extreme um thing but just about me as an artist and the the stuff that i do um how some people do find it hard to separate Mm -hmm. the art from the artist you know like i'm not uh, i haven't committed any crimes so we're not talking about that it's more of the subject matter that i've that i've photographed on occasion um and it's i'm i'm very very uh protective about who i let in to that other side right and who who i tell um if i'm if a client has hired me for portraits for a wedding i'm not mentioning any of that other stuff Mm -hmm. you know not at all because i think it is difficult for people to um look at that work and and not think that i'm gonna somehow make their portrait seem offensive or something like that you know like they they well, that's another example of people who don't deserve creativity. <laughs> they don't, because honestly, you know, it's like when you take it out of context, okay, you've got Colleen Issa photography, yeah. fine. But people who know a little something mm. about photography might not excuse you, but they would excuse Annie Leibovitz, you know, even though Annie Leibovitz has been you know, she's been known for Vanity Fair, but she's also taken some controversial shots of women and men. Yeah. Like, yeah. so so how do we, now we suddenly are star fuckers because we go, oh no, but they get a pass because they're famous. Exactly. Yeah. So, so to me, it's like, you know, and I know, and I know what you're saying. I mean, it's it stands as a good comparison, but at the same time, you know, if we start canceling, people Mm. in hollywood and musicians we're really going to have nothing to watch or listen to anymore (laughs) because honestly nobody is without sin 
Of course. You know, like if you go back and look at some of the things people have said and you can sit back all you want and go, oh, they apologize. Oh, but they still did it. Yeah. So are we are we okay with it? And I'm not saying you shouldn't be okay with it. And I'm not saying you should be. I'm just saying that I think we're allowed. We're allowed in our society to pick and choose what makes us comfortable and what doesn't. Yeah. You know, um, I think we do. We make excuses for our idols. We make excuses for people who who mess up. You and I have had this conversation before many times about people's love of of celebrities and specific artists and how they make excuses for them. I mean, look at look at Michael Jackson. Yeah. Like, I think that's a, a pretty big one where you know, they can catch him in bed with multiple kids and there are fans that are still going to say nothing was happening. Mm-hmm. They're like beyond diehard fanatics. But also, you know, whether something happened or not with mm. him and those kids, the yeah. thing that is always endlessly fascinating with me is I don't care how messed up you are as a parent. If something really did happen, no amount of money in the world would keep you quiet. Yeah. And these people, there are so many people that they settled with out of court. And I just can't help but think that a lot of them were liars. Yeah. Because I just feel to me like me as a parent, I would never take money, you know, or I would take money and still let the truth get out. You know what I mean? It's like you'd want you'd want justice. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, because it's not only like yeah, you can look at what's happened to your kid and you're like, what's done is done. And now I have to go bring them to a therapist and they're messed up and this is not going to change their life, but it can stop it from happening to someone else. Exactly. And the, and the reality is, is that, you know, Michael Jackson's a good one. That's a real, that's a good one. Yeah. You know, like, cause I can't say that I stopped listening to Michael Jackson. No. Yeah. It's, it's so true. You know, and then it's like, where do you draw the line? Yeah. You know, because like I said, there's so many, there's so many things, you know, there's Woody Allen. We stopped watching his movies. Mm, Yeah. You know, Um, Roseanne. Yeah. Does she get a comeback? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so much out there. Chris and I, we were talking about Mel Gibson recently. Oh, you know, Lord have you know, he's he's another one. Like, I think he does a lot more of just like directing or producing and stuff like that. But he was he was another one where, you know, after those that rant came out and like no one wanted to have anything to do with him. But he was another one yeah. that so many people in his inner circle knew he was like that. Yeah. And so many people worked overtime to keep his Tourette's under control because that's what I call it. Yeah. Well, alcohol brought it all out. (laughs) Damn it. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. But, you know, it's also like, remember that whole thing that happened that time with Christy Teigen? Oh, yes. When she had tweeted something and they dug it out of like the archives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy who who claimed to be the victim. Yes. Then it caused an entire, you know, chain link fence of these other women coming out going, oh, 
I used to model for him and he was a pig and the things he said about women, he was like, and it was just like, wow. Yeah. You know, and then it didn't stop there because then the women who spoke out were being attacked by other people who had worked with those women. I was like, yeah, it was a mess. It was a mess. And it gets to the point where you're just like, man. Yeah. (sighs) I don't know. I don't know. I mean, but I mean, you also have to think about you said something about Louis C.K., how he's not necessarily somebody you seek out. He's not necessarily someone you look for, but let's let's talk hypothetically about artists that you love, musicians yeah. you listen to. Yeah, like it, it would be difficult. It really would be, because you know we have the power with our with our money. For example, you, why would you want to support someone mm-hmm. that has done something egregious? Egregious. Mm-hmm. You know, right. like it's you. You think about you think about that, but yeah, like if you put on, if you've already purchased the CD or the record or whatever, the the does that mean that it's okay to still listen to it or whatever? Well, if you didn't open it, you can return it. <laughs> but but listen, here's the other thing. Yeah, I do think, and this is my point on a lot of this stuff. Mm. I think depending on the person. We can have these conversations all we want because where did I start with this? The conversation between Jerry Seinfeld and Steve Colbert. They obviously had a difference of opinion about that Mm. because there was different ways of looking at it, separating the artist from the art. So like I often talk about Picasso. Picasso lived in a time where his popularity was mostly in what the 40s and 50s and 60s maybe yeah so his popularity was really around the time when we didn't have these social media outlets yeah we didn't have as much information about him so that's the that's argument number one right Mm. argument number two is even years later when movies documentaries and footage is released about how horrible he was to so many of the women in his life. People still honor him as a great artist. And there are some people who disagree with that because they're kind of like, isn't that the same thing we do to people now? We find out that they did something a hundred years ago and we shut them down. Mm. Yeah. You know? Exactly. I'm not saying that Bill Cosby's career shouldn't be taken away from him, but I just wish it was taken away from him much earlier. Yeah. Because in the height of his success, I really think it was fucked up that he was able to keep doing what he did. Yeah. You know, but, but like I said, I think that Picasso is one of those people that comes to me because it's constantly argued Mm. He was one of the main, one of the first examples I've ever heard anyone use as as this argument. Like, do you stop liking his art? Mm. You know, if you've always wanted to own a piece of his art and you had that kind of money, would you? Like, and that's that's the thing. But see, that's the thing. I think that we all kind of separate it in different boxes. Yeah. Yeah, we we there's no other word to use, but we justify. Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. 
Um, and, and you and I, you know, not to bring in another topic, but I remember you and I having this conversation about, you know, the many times on this show about cultural appropriation mm. is that I think there's an allowance made for certain people. Mm. I think certain people in certain groups, there's an allowance. So the, the example that I'll give is recently I was talking to a friend about, um, Sarah Silverman's show, uh, mm-hmm. Jesus is Magic. Yeah. And she tells a story in that, in that show, in that movie, documentary, whatever. She tells a story about how she was doing this show. Mm-hmm. And she was performing, I guess, at a theater she had performed before. And they knew her set. And the owner or promoter comes to her and says, hey, you know that one joke about Black people? Can you not do that? Okay. And she was like uh okay so being sarah silverman her response was can i do it about asians instead replace it with asian and he was like oh yeah that's fine yeah see that's messed up (laughs) yeah and and so she just shares the joke because she kind of says like you know if you think it's racist then isn't it racist for anybody right exactly you know so the point of what i'm saying is that there are things, there are certain, you know, certain groups that are torn apart. You know, we talk about this. I talked about this with some actors recently and was talking about how just from my perspective as an Italian person and anyone who's listened to the show and knows me, I'm not offended by the chick. I'm just not. Yeah. You can make fun of Italians till the cows come home. If yeah. I don't think it's funny, I'm not going to watch it, yeah. but it doesn't offend me. Yeah. But I think about the number of years decades even mm-hmm. where any kind of mobster gangster movies made uh, you know with the origin of people who are coming from italy to this country and they're played by people who are irish and latino yeah <laughs> exactly. and i mean and that can fly yeah that can totally fly like people are like not taking blood tests they're not like oh look it happened with adam driver he was in gucci yes you know like it happened right in front of us under got, our nose. He's got that Roman nose. Right. Right. <laughs> but he's, you know, that's Israeli. That's not Italian. That's so, Israeli. Oh my God. So yeah, we're the it's the same nose, man. It it's just not from Italy though. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just di- a different store that's down the street. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> but but seriously, like I'm just saying, I'm not offended. I just make the point. Yeah, that in some spaces in entertainment, especially that would not fly. Mm. That would not fly. And some people are like, oh, well, it's not as extreme as I get it. It's not as extreme. But if you're going to do it right for one, you should do it for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I personally, as an actor who've been who, you know, goes way back before cancel culture became a thing. I always believed that people can play, actors can play other people of different cultures. Yes. I've always felt that way. I mean, what what is an actor, you know, what is their job? Right. But it gets tricky because when you start to have conversations with people and you start to talk about race, you start to talk about gender, then it starts to become a little more controversial. Actors 
since the beginning of time have always played different people. Yeah. And I think it's different when we're talking about race or gender. Mm -hmm. I think that's where it gets tricky because when you see the movie, um, the Nina Simone movie. Yeah. um, Is it Zoe Saldana? Is that Uh, her name? The actress who plays her? Like she got a lot of heat for playing Nina Simone because they were just kind of like, they were giving her heat because even though she's Afro Latina, I think. Yeah. She was still given heat. Now, personally, I gave the movie heat because I didn't think she looked like her. Yeah. And I'm just like, it's plain and simple to me. Why not just hire someone who looks like the person? Yeah. You know, it's like when Selma Hayek grabbed Frida because she knew she could play it and did a damn good job with it. Yeah. Aside from her being actually Mexican, she does look like her in that movie. Yeah, she does. So when you think about it, hey, guys, why don't we cast people who actually look like the person without changing their skin color? Yeah. Okay. Or making them look like whatever. And I know they do this so often, like especially in biopics, they find people and they alter their face and they do all kinds of stuff. But at the end of the day, I think it, it, I don't think it's simple as that anymore. Mm. Like you're an actor and you play it, you know, like, you know, somebody casts you because, you know, you have that Middle Eastern look, but someone casts you as like, you know, a, a Jewish diplomat. Because someone looks at you and goes, "Oh, you look just like this woman." Yeah, but that could piss that could piss people off because yeah. they'd be like, you know, yeah, no, it's she's true. from the other side of the river. <laughs> oh goodness! But I mean, you know, I think that we do justify. Yeah, know? I agree. I agree. We do justify, and I know people who are listening. You know, dig deep into your music collection. Dig deep into the movies you love. What's the story? Did something happen? I mean, I think about Kevin Spacey, too. Yeah. You know, like, there was this one point where, and I don't know if they ever did it, because I really didn't, I wasn't a big fan of the show, but um, what's that name of that show that he was on on Netflix? Um, I I never can remember the name of it. With Robin Wright. Yeah. Um. But anyway, yeah. it doesn't matter. I'm not promoting that show. So <laughs> they ended up saying at one point when everything went down with his allegations and all that stuff. Yeah. They literally were like, oh, he's not going to be on the new season. And they like killed his character off. Yeah. And then they were like, they were basically going to just not air those episodes anymore. Mm. And I was like, how pissed would I be if that was a show I wanted to see and then I couldn't watch the first two seasons or whatever? Exactly. Yeah. You know, so I, I think there is an extreme, you know, part. I, I also think a lot of the movies, the music we listen to, the stores we shop in. Yeah. I, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of sins. Oh, yeah. In all those places. Yeah. Like, I mean, we can, you can, we can go so much more deeper with, with all of that, but it's, um, it is an interesting topic when it comes to separating 
all of that? Like, how how do we decide what is okay and what's not okay to consume based on what the artist has has done outside mm-hmm. of their art? You know. Yeah. So. Yeah, I definitely think you know. There's a lot. There's a lot out there, and I really do think it's like you think about any play, any classic novel the writers of those things, when you look into them, they had really messed up lives. They did like some messed up stuff. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, and some say them being that messed up is probably why it was so good. Yeah. (laughs) We gotta, we gotta live uh, good lives, friend. Please too late for you. It's too late for me. (laughs) That's evil. Yeah, there is evil. (laughs) Um, yeah, I, you know, and I just, this is always a topic I'm always interested in hearing what people have to say, you know, cause everybody I talk to is kind of on one side or the other, mm. you know, and, you know, and, you know, as much as the, as much as my, um, <laughs> Instagram polls and questions on our stories are such big successes, um, mm. I would love to have. I think I might do this where I will, uh, I will, you know, post a, a controversial artist, you know, you know, someone who's done something mm-hmm. that was, oh, that's a great idea. That was once beloved. And, you know, let's see, would you, and, and ask the question, would you still consume their, their works? Yeah. You know? I would consume their works. Would you consume them? Depends on who it is. Fully? <laughs> who are you thinking? Who are you thinking? I, I mean, some of the ones that we've d- talked about. Mm. And then, and then you know, maybe we'll toss in some others. I'll have to do some research. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, there's a, there, there's a, there's a feeling from especially the younger generation or ge- our generation, people who claim to be woke of our generation. Yeah. Cause you know, normally in my opinion, if you say you're woke, usually not. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like I'm woke. Yeah. It's like when people tell you they're rich, I mean like real rich people don't tell you they're rich. No, exactly. Okay. So they just force you to buy dinner for them. Cause that's what <laughs> rich people do. But I just think the generation of today is, is, you know, the younger generation is finding fault with everything. Yeah. And is spending time digging into things of the past, you know? Yeah. I mean, I can remember many, many things, especially musicians, many, many things they have said and done and sang and wrote and performed that, would never fly now Mm. would never fly yeah you know there's so many songs out there like even songs from the 80s that i listen to and i'm like oh no but i think for the purpose of what you know what we're what we're talking about because we the the examples that we gave were pretty like extreme in their in in what they did i think we should if if we do this poll I, I'm going to leave it to artists or celebrities who have committed crimes. Okay. Yeah. Because, because I think that's, you know, that yeah, makes the most sense. Like yeah. Bill Cosby, Michael Jackson, um, 
Kevin Spacey. Yeah, things like that. Mariah Carey. Mariah Carey. Crime against humanity. (laughs) I mean, Mariah's always a good icebreaker. You know that from the other night in our group when the person was talking about all this negative stuff. Yeah. And she was just like, and then this is happening, and this is happening, and these people died, and this whole country got exploded in half, and it doesn't exist, and it's off the map. And then all of a sudden, everyone died, but then they found that not just they died, but their ghosts died, and then their ghosts killed each other. And she's like telling this horrible story, and then that's when I just had to break in and go, oh, and also, just so you guys know, just as you're making this list of horrible things, Mariah Carey has a new album coming out. <laughs> Mariah Carey is a good icebreaker. She is. She's a she. What what do you call that? Like um, conversation start, conversation piece, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> or or a, a a line break where you, you know you could just change the subject. <laughs> oh, let me tell you. You know those little cubes that people have? Those conversational cubes? Yeah. Like you see them? Like we have? I think we have one or had one. And they're very, like, benign questions. But I can tell you, Jen and I stopped bringing that cube out because inevitably, every time we brought it out at a party at our old apartment, a fight would break out over a question. Oh, my God. (laughs) You know, and it was something as simple as, like, vanilla or chocolate. Wow. That's quite the debate. Samsung or iPhone. You know, like that. All right. Vanilla or chocolate. God. It all <laughs> depends on where you get it from. <laughs> Plus, you know what? Honestly, I had the best dessert yesterday, or at least the best size dessert that was from a catering company, and it was little, literally like a tres leche. Mm. And it was literally, honestly, it was like the size of like a silver dollar. Yeah. And it was stacked. I don't know a little bit and it had a piece of fruit on it. I was like, this is perfect for me. It's just a tiny bite. I don't need any more than that. Yeah. I would need five of those. <laughs> Listen, what you do with dessert, I do with drinking. Yeah, I know. Cause I would be like, Oh no, get me another cocktail. Cause I'm trying to kill the pain. Oh no. <laughs> I've got generational pain to kill. Generational trauma. <laughs> yep. But I have lineage to kill. <laughs> <laughs> you know damn that, that's your drive name lineage <laughs> lineage oh, terrible <laughs> on true, that true story exactly. on that note on that I, note <laughs> i can't wait for many more stories me too all right and if you all want to listen to a really great podcast it's called recipes from coco <laughs> Dude, why are you putting so much on me right now? Recipes from Coco. It's a new podcast where she makes recipes that are not unusual. They're easy. And most of them come from a box. Exactly. Simplicity at its best. Don't you love that when people are on TikTok and they're just like, you get yourself a box of Betty Crocker mix. You get yourself two eggs and you get yourself some water. And I'm going to make some wonderful, wonderful brownies. And you're like, what? <laughs> what? I've, deci- I've decided that I am never going to follow a recipe, like a bootleg food hack or meal hack or whatever it is, 
from TikTok. Oh, right? you mean you mean like when you're watching a TikTok hack and they're like, today we're gonna make a frittata. If you don't have eggs, it's totally okay. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and you're like, all right. <laughs> so and then what, I also what love- am I making? Just like a stir fry of vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> and then I also love. Um, no, that's going to dinner with Laura, where she's like, <laughs> "Hey, she's like, listen, I'm, I, I want this. Tell the waiter this. I want a chicken sandwich, oh, the man. chicken sandwich on the menu." And he's like, "Okay, great." And she's like, "But I just want to ask a question. Instead of the bread and the and the veggie and the mayonnaise on it, can I just get the chicken?" And he's like, okay, so you just want a grilled chicken. No, no, no. I want the grilled chicken sandwich, but I don't want the bread. Okay. And then he's like, and she's like, he's like, anything else? And she's like, and also instead of the French fries, can I just get steamed broccoli on the side? And he's like, okay, so you just want grilled chicken and steamed broccoli on a plate. And she's like, no, no, no. I want the grilled chicken sandwich but I just want no bread. Oh my God. Like, oh yeah, if, this happened. This if, happened. If that, if I was at the table, I would literally get up and leave. I couldn't stop laughing and yelling at her at the same time. Like, I'm just, I'm, I'm over that. I'm exhausted. I was like, I was like, who are you? Yeah, that's a, that's a big no. Yeah, so, but listen, here's a few things. Mm. If you're making a frittata and you don't have eggs, you can substitute it for water delicious you can substitute it with olive oil and oh. you can also substitute it with tater tots no frozen thing. tater tots from your freezer jesus christ and my favorite is whenever they give you a hack and they're like simple things that everyone has in their cabinet and they're like sumac i'm like oh. <laughs> not everybody has exactly. that. <laughs> oh you my know? god <laughs> that's why Open. i'm never gonna follow them again Oven roasted paprika. <laughs> no, I don't. I mean, and I think I don't understand why. It's just like the stupidity of people who look at those things. It's like you think people who are looking at those recipes are actually smart. Come yeah, on. No. Well, it's it's the they they're the people who are looking at those or like especially when I read those comments. They, they really have no idea about what cooking is all about. Yeah, it's oh, great. Exactly. Anyway, on that note, I can't wait for this story that comes up to hear people and how they vote. Oh my God. It's, it's, you know, it's going to be a big fail, right? It's going to be hashtag ratchet. <laughs> ratchet. <laughs> it's, it is. It is going to be legacy and lineage. <laughs> I don't know why you think the word lineage is funny. It sounds good. I like it. It's a good word. It's 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 of the ilk. It's like ilk, exactly. All right. Well, everyone, you have a good day. Take care. Bye-bye.